eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED lights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. This is the Ed Milet Show. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Today's going to be just tremendous. This is somebody that I've wanted to get to know for a long time and pick his brain. We've got a bunch of mutual friends. And I'm really excited that he's taken a space into sort of beginning to share more of what he's learned in his life and the journey that he's been on, which is a freaking remarkable life journey with some of the most amazing stories I've ever heard in my life. By the way, he's also an Academy Award winner, best actor. And so if you don't know who he is, you've been living under a rock for a long time. And uh, today we'll unlift that rock and you'll get to know him a lot better than you probably ever have before. So Matthew McConaughey, welcome to the show, brother. Ed, my life. Good to be here with you, man. Yeah, it's so good to have you, man. And uh, by the way, just before we get going, I have to tell you, my favorite acting performance of all time is you in Dallas Buyers Club. That is my favorite role of a leading man. I, my producers are all nodding that I have ever watched any actor in my life was you in that movie. So I just want to tell you that up wow. front. Thank you. That's great to hear that. Thank you. Amazing work, man. And I want to figure out how you gotten so good at what you do and how, you know, life. By the way, write this down, guys, in the beginning, then we'll talk about it later. Write down emlivin.com. E-M-Livin, L-I-V-I-N.com. Because April 24th, I'm going to tease it now, something miraculous is going to happen. I can't believe it's going to happen that I'm going to be participating in and uh, and listening to myself. But we'll get to that in a minute. So can we get right into your brain, brother? Let's go. Let's go. So I think one of the cool things about personal development and the journey of self-awareness and whatnot is figuring out your identity. And so in preparing for this, I'm like, some of the things you say, I've not heard ever said this way in self-help, personal development, self-improvement. And you said, finding your identity, I'd like you to elaborate on this, is more like a process of elimination than it is discovery. I've never heard that before. Well, we all want to figure out who we are. As Bob Dylan says, hey, you, everyone's their own creation. Just create it. We all want to know what that is. The affirmative way to go forward, how to play offense. But I found that that's hard, man. That's hard. What's much easier, and I think the reasonable first step to figure out who we are, is let's define who we're not. Let's pick out those people, places, things we do, habits we have that don't pay us back, that don't feed us tomorrow, that, that, don't, that don't give us green lights in the future, those investments that don't have ROI. Those ones that we keep waking up tomorrow and a little bit of a debit. Damn it, I got a hangover. I had the same amount of drinks at that bar as I have somewhere else, but I got a worse hangover. Well, maybe it was the conversation people were hanging out with. Eliminate those. And by process of elimination, sheer mathematics, you end up with more room for the things that do feed you. So it's a much easier thing to start pointing out, ah, you know what? I keep doing that and it doesn't pay me back. I'm not getting my compounding asset on that decision or those people placing things. Eliminate those, and by sheer mathematics, we end up with more of what does feed us and pay us back, who we are. Yeah, it's amazing you say that. I got interviewed yesterday. That's incredible. I got interviewed yesterday. Guys, what are the steps of success? And I'm, I said to him, in my life, it's been more eliminating the things that were 
harming my progress and it was like uncovering this is the key you know it was more like that hurt me this took my energy away this depleted me that didn't serve me exactly what you just said you use the term green lights which by the way uh that's the title of his book that came out a couple years ago you should read it but if you really want to give your gifts give yourself a gift get the audio version because you get to hear this voice of his but like the impressions and the stories in the book are unbelievable but because it's going to lead to what you're doing on April 24th and it's also leads to just really the really kind of think the foundation of some of your belief systems in your work what is by definition a green light being cool to your future self hmm. making choices to we can engineer green lights and then sometimes they're mystical we love green lights. They're the left lane of life. Mm. No speed limit, window down, T-top open, cruising. We got our direction in a full tank of gas. Let's roll. We love them. We're in the right line at the supermarket. Uh, we're in the flow, as it's called. Lovely. Right? Things are working out. We're sometimes we're not even conscious of it. We were just in line and on time. Yes is the answer. And we're choosing the right things. But it's investments that we make, choices we make. I noticed in, in, in writing the book that a lot of successes I had were engineered by habits and choices I made that had consistency. So that's what I call a science to satisfaction. I believe there is a science to satisfaction. Mm-hmm. I noticed what I was eating, who I was hanging out with, when I was going to bed, what I, how I was approaching the day. There were consistencies that led to times in my life where I had more joy and more success and was catching more green lights. I also noticed times where I was in a rut through my journals of, oh, you veered from these tried and true habits that you had that were leading to success and giving you more green lights. Ooh, let's get back in our lane over here. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, more success and green lights I started to create for myself. Mm-hmm. We also get those mystical green lights where we're just, man, there's no reason, but there's a lot of rhyme. We met the right person. And damn it, if we'd have, you know, left five minutes later or, or 30 seconds earlier, we might not have met them. They might not be married with the family we have now or might not have got that job if we wouldn't have been just right there on that time, crossing that person, going through that door as they were coming out. So true. Those don't make any sense at the time. But when you look back, they connect the dots to right where we are. And that gets into more of the art of living. So that's why I call it the science of satisfaction leads to the art of living. And what we're going to do on 24th is try and get under the hood to go from the approach that I gave a lot of in green lights more into the process and tools that each of us can hopefully utilize in our own lives, particularly for you or anyone who's who anyone who's going to tune in and say, oh, I recognize that. Yeah. Oh, that's an aberration. Oh, to engineer more green lights, find that science so we can get better at the art of living. Man, I cannot wait for this event. We're going to talk a little bit about this in a minute, you guys, but just remember this emliving.com. You just want to participate, trust me, because you don't get, you know, it's really rare. I'm so excited you've done done this and decided to step in even deeper than the book for this reason. Personal development, self-help a lot of times is sort of loaded with a lot of theory. And I love theories. I've lived off a lot of these theories, but there's something powerful when someone's applied something in their life that gives it credibility that otherwise might not have because you can back it with a story or a fact or an anecdote. And that this industry is sometimes polluted to some extent with a lot of theoretical stuff that hasn't been proven in someone's real life. And you've done this in your real life. And one of the things you talk about with these green lights 
or even just having something happen that you and I are both Christians, but we also believe in energy and vibration and frequency and all that stuff. And I think when you're in that flow, that green light mode, there's a vibration to you. There's an energy to you that these things are sort of drawn your way and you are in that flow state. And there's something so profound you said in the book about this story where you're living with this producer and he basically, you tell him, Hey, I got to get, I got to get an agent. I got to get an agent. So you're kind of like chasing the green light. And he said, Hey man, you know, you need it. And you, you paint this amazing distinction because I know it's been true in my life between need and want and why need is not a real good space to be in. So if you would, if you tell them the story and then the lesson learned from it, it's awesome. Yeah. Um, I get out to Hollywood with a couple thousand bucks in my pocket. I got a movie out, Days Confused, which is really the only resume I have. It's enough to get me in a few doors, but it's not enough to be a lead pipe cinch. Oh, you got it. But I need an agent. I'm in Hollywood. I'm sleeping on this guy's couch, Don Phillips. The guy I met in a bar in Austin who gave me the chance to go audition for Days Confused a year over a year earlier. I'm on his couch. My money's now into the three digits. I'm below a thousand bucks. I'm starting to get a little like, I've been there a few weeks. I'm like, hey, I need, I need, I need can you give me an agent meeting? And he snapped at me. You need it too much. This, this industry, Hollywood, smells need. You're one and done, buddy. What you need to do is get the hell out of here. Go with your buddies and go ride motorcycles somewhere. Hell, pick Europe. I don't care. But go somewhere till you quit needing it so much because if Hollywood smells you needing it, you're you're done. You're never in. And I did. I put on a backpack with my 800 bucks and I went off with my two good buddies, Roy Cochran and Cole Osmond. We rode motorcycles through Europe. I came back. I wasn't even thinking about an agent. I was what he called, now you're cool again. Now you're cool. And I was rolling along. And he's about a week later after I returned. We're sitting there at dinner. He always made... Filet mignon, and then had a scoop of Haagen-Dazs ice cream for, for dessert. He always done. He's since moved on. I love talking about him. Mm. And he goes, you're ready. And I go, for what? And he goes, tomorrow morning, we got a meeting. William Morris, you're going to go down. And I was like, oh, cool. Now, five weeks earlier, if he said that, I'd be like, okay, good, good, man. I got this. Okay, I need this. I would have gone into the meeting. They would have smelt my need. They would have felt my need. I'd have leaned outside of myself. I would have oversold myself and probably dorked out and used too many words and not have been myself and over leveraged myself. And they'd have been like, I'm not sure this guy's really, you know, he's kind of wants it too much, needs it too much. And instead I went in, believed in myself, had a presence about me, you know, uh, didn't oversell myself, but really let them know, no, I actually think you need me as an agent and that made me a more valuable asset to them. I got an agent and then I, damn it, if it, my first two auditions in Hollywood from that agent, I got the job. Did you really? Yeah. <laughs> that's see, don't you think like, I think that's, that's a Hollywood story, but it's not like if you're having a hard time finding the relationship that you want, Everybody's been on that date with that person that just seems to need it a little too much or the salesperson like, man, the, yep. everything's good. And your need to sell me is getting in the way of me buying it from you. We can smell the solicit yes. and nobody likes to smell. We all love a good salesman, but it's like the difference between a bullshitter and a liar. A bullshitter at least kind of winks at you while they're, <laughs> while they're telling the tale to let you know, hey, just go with me. And there's something that, uh, adorable about that, right? Yes, yes. You see someone that needs, and this is this goes 
her my love story with my wife, Camilla. Mm -hmm. When I met her, when I saw her move across the room that night, I, I had just come to a place spiritually where I was like, you know what, Matthew? Your dream is to be a father. You may not get married. You may have kids. Now, something about the that dream and my relationship with God, there was a grace of God saying, that's okay if that happens. So for the first time in my life, I was like, it's not ideal, but I will be okay with that spiritually. And as soon as that happened, I went from this, looking for her at every damn red light in the produce section, everybody I met, maybe, maybe. It, I, was, I, was, I was hunting. I was needing I was looking for that mate. Was it near, near as attractive? As soon as it came to me, like, you may not meet her. And can you be okay with that, with yourself, Matthew, and, and spiritually? And as soon as I was okay with that, I, I had a present. I was now able to receive yeah. love from somebody. I was able to see somebody, and they let them see me. And that's when, I'm, that's when she showed up. That's when she came into my life, mm. when I quit hunting. When I quit rubbernecking at every red light, <laughs> looking like maybe the car next to me, maybe that's her. Yeah. You know, you know I got to tell you, it's one of those really invisible, subtle things that most people don't have any appreciation for is what he's telling you right now, everybody. I'm telling you right now, that need thing is repelling. There's some type of energy that just it doesn't work. I'm curious about you, though, because you're a pretty good looking man number one. And you've had some notoriety. I don't know if you're aware of this or not. And a, and a little bit of financial success in your life as well. And so it's interesting to me that you were looking like that when you have all the options in the world, number one. But number two, that it seems to me, brother, that family, your marriage and your children are such a giant priority from you. And this is something I wanted to ask you. It's really not a lot in the, there's parts of this in the book, but there's something I wanted to know about you because a lot of times what we see in our life, we end up modeling. So I'm reading right. about you and I'm like, whoa, this dude grew up in a, I'm sure it was a loving family, but it is an interesting damn family you grew up in. Yeah. Am I right that your parents were married three times? Married three times, divorced twice. Did y'all just hear that right yeah. now? So it'd been pretty easy for you to kind of model. I assume that meant there was some chaos happening. Oh, hell yeah. Right? So yes. like, share a little bit of that. And then are you like conscious of being the antithesis of that and and because i think that's an important thing in life like yeah. my dad was an alcoholic my dad got sober my dad was an alcoholic though and there's a lot of chaos in my life and i remember when i started to have a family like i want peace in our home i want we're gonna talk a little bit in a while about joy because i love that word you use but i was conscious of sort of trying to create that which didn't exist in my home were right. you good question because i don't ever remember consciously thinking I want to push away from that mm -hmm. and, and remind me come back to this line because I want to tell you a story about my mother and why my mother was such a good mother okay she had a stepmother who was horrific mm -hmm. not one bit of good mother my mom didn't know how to be a mom all she did is goes I want to be the opposite of that mm -hmm. and she became a great mom now, I didn't consciously ever think, oh, I don't want to do it how mom and dad did. I did say, I'm not looking for that many tidal waves. I'd like a little bit smoother running stream in my relationship. My mom, to this day, 
if you're having a civil, cool conversation where all voices are nice and low and everyone's kumbaya and getting along, 15 minutes of that will bore my mama. My mama will throw a wrench in the situation just to, hey, 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 spice it up. Huh? She's still that way and she's 91. That was her and my dad's relationship. They were physical, divorced twice, married three times. What I took from that was, hey, guess what? Love one, three to two. <laughs> That's what I got from it. And I took from it, I don't need to get divorced and and, mar and married twice for love to win. I want to get like to get married once and let's just let's roll with that. And do my mom and dad, you know, I'm I'm much more. If I have to raise my voice, I immediately have a trigger goes off in my mind that says, McConaughey, what did you not handle for it to get to this point? Hmm. Now, my mom and dad raised their voice a couple times a week. And that was just part of the conversation. It was like the stereotype of Italians. It was always big and hands and hey, hey, big and loud. And that's just how they communicated. And my mom to this day would say, no, that's what I needed to communicate. Hmm. There were no regrets. So I... We never had a question if we were loved. I never had a question if my mom loved my dad, my dad loved my mom. I did say, I'm not looking for that rocky of a road. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'd rather not. And fortunately, Camilla was someone who was not looking for that either. And little known fact, Camilla's parents, my wife now, were married twice, divorced three times. Come on, man. They ended up on the divorce side. What are the odds of that, though? Like, you... Uh, that couples usually don't get married more than one time. Then you, then one marriage between the two of you, there's there's four? five marriages and <laughs> five divorces. Same, same married couple. That's bananas. That is literally bananas. What did you, you wanted to say something about your mom being a good mom. You wanted to make sure you made a reference to that. Well, that was it that she, she learned, you know, we, again, process of elimination, what we started off talking about. It's not, it's not always what you go to affirmatively and play offense. It's a lot of times what are we pushing against in defense to get our identity? My mom eliminated, well, I don't know how to be a mom, but I know I want to be the opposite of that lady who raised me, is what she said, who was a non grata mom. Hmm. And so to this day, my mom didn't know what to do. She just said, I'm doing the opposite hmm. of what how her mom treated her. And that turned out to be being a great mom eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? Then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a full body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, exhaust kits, turbochargers, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See eBay Motors. Hey, guys. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. You know, in all of my businesses, and I've been blessed to have several of them, I've used Indeed now for a number of years. And the main reason I do it is, I, if you're like me, I don't want to waste a bunch of time interviewing people that aren't qualified for the positions that I have. It's one of the hardest jobs in the world, right? Or they are qualified, but they're not interested in making the move at the given time. And so with Indeed, you have a thing called Instant Match where they match you with quality candidates within 24 hours, and you're in front of people that want the job, that are qualified for it, and that you probably want to hire. I wouldn't go anywhere else. They've delivered great candidates 
to multiple businesses that I have right now. So here's what's great. Listeners and viewers of my show, you get a $75 sponsored job credit right now to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash MyLet. Just go to Indeed.com slash MyLet, which is M-Y-L-E-T-T, right now. And you can support our show by saying you heard about Indeed here. That would be great, by the way. Indeed.com slash MyLet. Terms and conditions apply. You need to hire. You need Indeed. Do you think that, you know, I I was reading your stuff and I'm like, because I talk a lot about happiness. In fact, my podcast that's out today is about happiness. This Harvard study, longest study in the history of mankind, 85-year study. They took a 1,000 uh, privileged kids from Harvard University, a 1,000 young boys, same age from South Boston, underprivileged families, and they studied them for 85 years. A fascinating study about who ended up happier and, you know, who lived longer and whose well-being and what made them happy. Actually, one of the kids in the study was JFK. No joke. It's an amazing, amazing study. Ah. It's worth listening to. However, it's around happiness. And you make this distinction. This is why your work, it's really unique. You make this distinction between joy and happiness. Right. And and I have never heard this before in my life. To me, they've sort of been very similar things. But mm. you correlate happiness almost to like, we get happiness if we've done something, whereas joy can be present at any time. Talk about that for a second. This is awesome. So happiness, as most of us are taught, or most of us see it, myself included, is result-oriented. If then. If I get this, then I will be happy. Mm. If I reach this goal, then I will be happy. It's almost like a ta-da moment. <laughs> if I get enlightened and spiritually, then I will be ah. Namaste, whatever it is. And over and over in my own life and from other mentors and wise men and women in the world, there's no ta-da moment. There's no hill that you get to the top of and you go, ah, finally I did it. Because what do you see? Oh, once you get to the top, a thousand other hills or another one that's taller that you're like, oh. So you immediately upgrade your iOS of happiness and you project it into the future again for another hill to climb. So it's it's a moving target that you that you're constantly chasing. Now I'm all for the chase and the setting of goals to go reach and the writing of headlines early to tell your story towards that. But what I've noticed is joy is more the verb. Joy is the 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 the, the doing of what we're fashioned to do and enjoying the process of the doing. And if we can get out of our mind that there is a finish line and and just enjoy the race and chase ourselves in this race and go, the best we can do is get to the end of this life and say, look back and go, well, I didn't make it to the top, but how many stairs did I ascend? Or how wide did my stairs reach? Or how deep did my roots grow? Hmm. Just tally it up. Hopefully we're in the we're in the black. Hopefully we're in the asset. And if there's life after this, hopefully the prime mover's going, well done. But I mean, that, I think that's as good as it gets. It's that, it's that, it, it's my problem with extra credit today. 4.2 GPAs and participation trophies. No, 100, the top is as good as it gets. There's no such thing as 110%. Maybe we ought to bring back D's in school. You know what I mean? It's like, you're right. It, like, if we're going to, if we can make a B plus in this life, that's damn good. Or if we can get, but we're never going to make, we're never going to get perfection. We're never going to reach 
100. We're never going to reach the top of that staircase. And that is what we call happiness that we keep bumping forward. But if we can enjoy the process along the way, I find that you don't reach lower levels than if you just chased happiness. You actually reach the same levels or more, and you had a pretty damn good time on the way. So true. I got to tell you, man, that is wisdom. I uh, I think I figured out a version of that, but I wasn't, I'm 52 next month. I didn't, it took me till my 40s. And I'm like, wow, this finish line keeps freaking moving. It keeps moving. Like, no, once I've got this, or once I got a jet, or I'm living at the beach, or I've got this award, or this many people know me, and it kept moving. And I'm like, this is insane. When I, and, and to your point, when I started to give myself the gift of, I thought, man, if I don't keep moving the finish line, I'm going to lose my drive. I'm going to lose my drive. Mm. So this thing, even though it hasn't brought me a lot of bliss in my life, it sure keeps me driven and hungry. Yeah. And if I let go of this finish line mentality, if when I get their thing, I'll lose my drive and ambition. And to your point, I couldn't have been more wrong because when I started to give myself the gift of joy in my home, in my life, in my emotions on a daily basis, I actually found I had more energy to pursue the achievements that I want in my life. And I wasn't so damn tired every time I finally got to one of these artificial finish lines. Amen. And, and you know, I hear you on your forties. Forties were a great customizing decade for me too, where I actually learned to trust. Hey buddy, if you, if, if you quit pursuing that, actual result you're not going to lose your work ethic you're not going to lose your drive you're not going to lose your want to yeah. it's just going to be more natural through the day it'll actually be more instinctual and as you say you don't reach it and go oh. you kind of get up there and you're kind of going oh is this it it's it's the old um who what's the best round of golf you play say you're a 10 handicap and you and you're and you're and you're and you're five over on 16 t box you're going to shoot a better round if you don't look at the scorecard. It's so true. When you're walking off of 18 green, yep. heading towards the next tee box, and someone has to remind you, no, dude, round's over. Yes. You know, I found it in my career. When mm -hmm. I started, I uh, uh, had a little six-year run there, and even with Dallas Buyers Club, mm -hmm. I was not chasing results. Mm -hmm. I was like, F the results, man. I'm, I'm My head's down in the process. And let the results be. I got more results when I quit chasing the result. I didn't lose my drive. I worked as hard. I worked definitely worked smarter. There's a great uh, uh, example in that Jared Leto, who won um, Academy for Best uh, Sporting Actor in that. Guess when he and I met? Wrap yeah. of shooting on the set. The last day. That's a wrap. We were. He was the character. I was Ron. He was Rayon. We, yeah. when we, we, we said hello as Ron around when we met two weeks before we started filming. We filmed for five weeks. All of a sudden, they yelled rap that night, and he and I looked at the idea and said, okay, see you tomorrow. And they was like, no, 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 that's a film rap. There is no tomorrow. Wow. And I stopped and looked over, and Jared stopped and looked at me, and I walked up, and I went, McConaughey. And he goes, Jared, nice to meet you. Come on. We both just head down in the process. So not and, only so not only are you separating from what the outcome is, you separate from a lot of different things. That is bananas. You so you separate from outcome and kind of like giving a crap about what they think. Also, like like that's a really hard thing for most people in our culture today, where everything is supposed to be validated. Did this post get right. a like? Did it not get a like? Did it? You know, 
this obsession almost with what people are thinking about. I actually think the result obsession is a what people think about me obsession. Like I work with some PGA guys and their fear of missing a putt. And I'm like, you're not really afraid of missing the putt. You're not even afraid of losing the tournament. You're actually afraid of what people are going to think about the fact that you missed this putt that you're supposed to be making. This obsession with what are they going to think I think also causes us to hyper-focus on the result because we want them to think good things about us. We, society has us living in the third person. Hmm. We're all running, we're, we're, we're pulling Leon Letts in the Super Bowl. We're, we're, <laughs> we're returning the kickoff for a touchdown, looking at the Jumbotron at the 50, wondering if we're going to make it on SportsCenter best plays. And that's just when we get tackled from behind, when we hmm. quit behaving and just be doing the behavior of the process and taking the action that we're doing. I, look, when when I'm doing it, and I think when most people are doing it and in the joy of the process and head down, it's a vacation because it's solely subjective. It is, I'm on an island. It is literally a vacation to have a singular obsession when you're doing that thing. Now, I understand it's a privilege. I have a wife who, when I go out to go out the door every day to work, she tells me, I got the kids, don't look over your shoulder, go kick ass. That's a privilege, I I, I understand that. But when we're taking an action, we have to do it, or to do it with pleasure and enjoy and stay in the present of the action. It's the, again, it's the, um, the joy is if you bump the finish line almost to an unreachable place. Yeah, yeah, if yeah. you bump it, it, you know, Bo Jackson didn't just run across the goal line. He ran across the goal line and through the tunnel. Tunnel. You know what I mean, snipers don't aim at the target. They aim on the other side. Therefore, you never choke yeah. when you're on the goal line, so to speak, because you're like, no, the finish line's way down there. And all of a sudden, someone has to tell you, no, you crossed the goal line, you scored. You're like, oh, I did? I was gonna. I thought we had to go another 40 yards. Mm. Mm. Now you're on to something right there, brother. That's that whole concept that when they wrap shooting, you're like, we're wrapped? Right. I'm coming back tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. I got to tell you, I think what it gives you maybe is freedom. I think there's a free, it's a freedom when you're totally immersed in a process and not so concerned about results or outcomes. It creates a freedom. And then that science, you can actually navigate in an art form when you're in it. I think that allows the art to sort of take over the energy, the whatever it is, when you're totally free. By the way, are you guys getting this? This is stuff that you don't hear everywhere. Really anywhere. And it, I, you know, look, you're on my show. One of my jobs is to say, let me promote. But I got to tell you something right now as we're talking. I'm like, I really want to be a part of this event you're doing. Like, I really do. Right so it's it's April 24th. They go to emlivin.com. E-M-L-I-V-I-N.com. What are you doing on the 24th? And then we'll get back into stuff here. But yeah. So 9 a.m. April 24th. Uh, myself, Tony Robbins, uh, Dean Graziosi, Trent Shelton, and Mary Forleo. Uh, we're going to get under the hood of some of the stuff we've been talking about. Uh, you know, Tony and, and, and Dean came to me and, and, and said that he really appreciated the approach book that, as I call it, what Greenlights is. Yep. And they were like, look, would you, would you like to dig deeper and start defining a process, create tools mm-hmm. that we can share mm-hmm. that can be transformative for people and individuals in their own lives, make it even more personal so people can apply it in their own lives. So I was like, damn right I would. And so that's what we're going to be getting under the hood of on the 24th. And, uh, you know, as I said, it's a science satisfaction, I believe, leads to the art of living. It's like knowledge and wisdom. It, the art of living is, in, is up to each of us individually. 
You know, you talked about earlier. Sometimes it's theories. I'm not interested in Hallmark cards and pep rallies, you know, um, cause what do they do? They last, they last maybe a day or two and that's it. That's right. But I really think we're going to be able to share some tools that with some introspection and a little effort can be proven to work mm. in your life, not just mine. And, and the other thing I want to say is I'm not making straight A's on all this stuff either. <laughs> I'm work, I'm work, I'm working on it. And we all know if we're trying to get better and trying to be more ourselves, we got job security. You yeah, know what I mean? That's so good. That is <laughs> so good. Land, you know what I mean? Yeah, but I got to tell you something. You're not making straight A's, but you actually know what the report card looks like. And that's one of the things. Just give you an example. Because I got to tell you something. I'm so, it, it made me feel better that I learned that there was a science and an art behind your achievement. I think a lot of times, even in my own case in business, there's a part of it. Like obviously, you're an amazingly hardworking, gifted actor, but God gave you some good looks, gave you this swagger, gave you this amazing voice. There's certain things you got, right? And I think it's easy when you watch, even for me. So I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I got a little bit of the kind of got a little lucky. And I'm not saying there isn't blessing and luck involved in life. But then when I started to read about your work and I read the book and I'm listening to your stuff and I'm preparing for the interview, I'm like, whoa, wait a minute here. This is a man who's lived a very intentional existence, mm. very intentional existence. And we'll talk a little bit more about that in a minute. But not only are you not getting straight A's, neither am I, by the way. But I kind of have a concept of how I grade myself. And you've come up, just to give you an idea of everybody, what will happen on the 24th, when you just listen to this one little thing, you kind of have like five areas you grade yourself on like almost every single day, right? Mm -hmm. Do you remember what those are? The five areas? or there's, I think there's five. Like different things five, you grade so yourself on. Career, health, family, uh, relation with God, and uh, was it husbandry and, and fatherhood? Friends. 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 Friends, right. So I'm checking in on my credits and debits. I'm trying to keep the five in the black. And we mm -hmm. all know that, man, when our career's really cruising, the old fatherhood and husbandry can start slipping into the red. Um, friendships can kind of go into the debit section. I don't see a way to keep them all at peak condition. But it's just, again, checking. Don't let them, don't let one of them drop too low into the red. Go tend that garden and pull some weeds on that one that's dropping into the red, mm -hmm. even though you don't think you have time sometimes. And I got to get better. I've faltered on friendships, I think, mostly in probably the last 10 years. That's understandable with the family and stuff. Most of my friends understand, but I could have been a better friend and mm -hmm. I can be a better friend. Um, you know, I have to watch careers rolling and I'm jamming and I'm just like, let's go, let's go, let's go. I got to check in with my health. Got to make sure that I'm keeping my mind, my body, my spirit healthy. You make sure I'm reminding myself and it, especially when things are rolling well, remember to bend the knee McConaughey and say some thank you and be number two and be look around and appreciate what you got in your life. Um, family, you know, sometimes you get kids and the world, the life becomes about the kids. And guess who the kids wouldn't be here without? Their mama, oh. wife. Got to work on the husbandry stuff. Yeah, damn it. Forgot about that. A date. I thought we were all just kids because the kids need us, but I didn't think you did. Oh, yeah, you do too. I need you too. We got to check in. Sometimes the, the kids are going great, and the, and the, and the relationship with the, the spouse isn't going as well. 
else. So it's trying to keep all of those in the black or at least not letting any of them get too low into the red. I love that analogy. And here's what it is. It's like just if you don't have some kind of system or process to which you check these things, you do. You know, interesting, when I heard that piece of content from you, um, I've asked that question to a lot of my I just did an interview I just completed with Mauricio Yamansky, who runs a big uh, uh, real estate office called The Agency. His wife's Kyle Richards from the Beverly Hills Housewives. Anyway, and I asked him about those five areas, and it's interesting. He said, yeah, probably friendships have slipped the most. And I, in my case, definitely friendships are the thing that slipped the most, and sounds like that in your case as well. But just to have a report card where I'm like, hey, it's slipping. Let me send some messages to my buddies. Maybe let's yeah. schedule a trip. Let's do something. Let's just – not just maintain things, but make sure that I'm actually adding deposits to these accounts, so to speak, yeah. not always just making withdrawals all the time. And you know what a good tip is? It's a simple one that that has done wonders. And it's been and I had a friend remind me of this two years ago. And it goes back to that early thing about not needing, not always soliciting. It's so easy to do. just send a hey, think about you. How you doing to a friend? You don't because. When do we usually call those ones we hadn't we hadn't called them off? When we need something. We need it. Right? Yeah. But just sit and they call back, go, yeah, everything's good. What do you need? Nothing, man. Just checking. That goes so far. Oh, it goes. And I know it because I've received some of those from my friends that are going, not in need, nothing. I'm just checking on you. I'm like, oh, thanks, man. Okay. Yeah. Bet um, you're still there. The one little thing I've been doing, and and that by the way, that's better. But one little thing I do instead of texting, and I'm doing that exact thing, I'll do in the morning, I do five of these. I do it once a week. I wasn't doing it every day. And I just, there's some things you put up a system in place. You're like, I can't maintain this every day. You know what I mean? So I try to do things now like I can maintain. So it's Mondays, but every Monday, and I'm pretty good about this now, Mondays, I do five little videos to, to my friends. I say, hey, man, I'm thinking about you this morning. I love you. We haven't touched base in a while. I just want you to know you're on my heart. I said a prayer for you just now this morning. Hope you have a blessed week. Just so they see my face, feel my spirit a little bit. And I feel like I've done better than just send them a text or not doing it at all. And it's more, and the reason was two years ago, I read this book called Green Lights. And I'm like, hey, I got to maintain this area. I went and watched a YouTube video of yours. Maybe you're giving like even a college graduation. I don't know what it was. It was oh, was that that commencement speech maybe? Yeah, yeah, I think it was that. But anyway, I give you credit for that. But it's just a different level of it is making that video that I do. I do that. That's cool. That's a great idea. And how easy is it to do? Right, you know, simple. And how good but, it feel to do, and you know how good it feels to land on their yeah, eyes on yeah. that Monday morning and going, "Ed, right on." That's pretty damn cool. Hey guys, I want to talk to you about Shopify. You know, when I started the show, the furthest thing from my mind was doing online business, and now I can't imagine my life without it. So I love Shopify because they're a global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. So whether you're in the startup phase where you're just launching your online store or you're at that really big business where you're like, hey, we just hit a million bucks in order stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. They've helped me through every single stage. I wouldn't even know what to do without them. So whether you're selling shipping supplies or promoting productivity programs, Shopify helps you everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered big time. They help turn browsers into buyers. They convert their checkouts 36% better than all the leading competitors. And I've used them for everything I do online. So every single thing you see that I market online, Shopify is somehow involved. I wouldn't even know what to do without them. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash mylet, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash mylet now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. 
Shopify.com slash MyLet. So, hey, guys, you know when I love technology and a great idea revolutionizes an old industry. And by the way, if there's an industry that needs a revolution, I think you'd agree with me, it's the healthcare industry. It's not easy to find good doctors. And by the way, good doctors that are in your area that also take your insurance. And that's why I love ZocDoc. They are revolutionizing the healthcare industry and the way you get access to doctors. ZocDoc, by the way, is Z-O-C-D-O-C. Here's who they are. ZocDoc is a free app and website where you can search and compare highly rated in-network doctors near you and instantly book appointments with them online. Tons of different reviews on the doctors, and they're local to you. You can find out if they take your insurance. I just did it for a tear I had in my shoulder. One day later, I'm in the doctor's office getting some help, getting an order for an MRI. So go to ZocDoc.com slash MyLet and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash MyLet. ZocDoc.com slash MyLet. What about, uh, why is the word unbelievable a bad word? This is awesome. It's a silly word. Unbelievable is a silly word. Why? Silly. Unbelievable. Jeez, we throw that around. We use it. We call awesome things unbelievable. We thought be beautiful. We thought we call unbelievable sunset. Wow, so beautiful. Unbelievable run. God, what an athlete! Unbelievable athlete. Wait, he just he, he they just did it. Unbelievable. We're going to to war over there. Unbelievable that earthquake happened. The the beautiful and the tragic side. We throw it around loosely. And it's silly because we're removing ourselves from reality. We're living unbelievable. Let you live in a false extra credit. You don't appreciate the miracles and the beauty of everyday life. And you don't give credit to the evil mankind can possess. It's a fool's word. Nothing is unbelievable. It just happened. And if there's one thing, and when it comes to people, when we use it with people, I was like, oh man, unbelievable. He, he, he stood me up. He stole my cash. And there's one thing you can depend on people being. It's people. And people <laughs> ain't unbelievable. The things but the, the things we will do, it's not unbelievable. It, 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 it just happened. It's a fact. So it's about getting rid of that word and giving more gratitude and testament to the things that we see that are awesome in our lives. The great play, the great success, the great beauty. It's also giving credit. And looking in the eye, the tragedies of the world and the things that we will, the evil mankind can possess. It's not unbelievable. We better sober up. And in that truth, I think is a much, is, 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 is we, we deal much better. Unbelievable kind of lets us off the hook. You're right. I it never is. even thought about it that way. Do you? I just don't think the word should be in the dictionary. <laughs> yeah, I stopped awesome. using it. Incredible. I stopped using it. Yeah, I've gone to awesome. To be honest with you, that's my new thing. I go, I've gone to awesome, awesomeness, awesome. Because I was, no, I'm serious. I, I think words, I think language has power. I think it informs your filter of your world, of your life. The other thing, I think if something's unbelievable, somebody else did, then it's impossible for me to do it. And I don't want to believe that it's not believable. I want to believe that it's possible. Right. It just happened. Believe it. It just happened. I just seen the dude score. He just did that 360 dunk. They just sang that song, right? It actually happened. It is actually believable. Yeah. No, you're a million percent right. Do you worry? Do you worrier? Do I worry? Do I worry? 
I, yeah, I think I worry. I think I know I have, I know I'm concerned with my future, with my kids' future, with our family's future, with the world's future, with the United States' future. I, I have concerns and I project, I try and project and I try to engineer mm -hmm. ways within a household or ways of sharing and speaking with others that I think can be restorative mm. or, 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 or give a higher percentage of getting the outcome that I think would be the, the best or the most constructive, the most useful, the most healthy for my family. Mm. And the world happens <laughs> or my plan goes, hits the fan, you know, find out you're, Kids are actually DNAs more than the environment they're in, and you didn't have as much control about who they were as you thought, and they do their own thing. And hopefully, whether it's in the family or whether it's in the world, when things don't go the way we hope they should or would be the most constructive and healthy, hopefully, those are stages and they're not fait accompli, that it's not like, oh, that's how it is now. Um, I don't care what I don't worry about. I'm not looking forward to it, but I don't worry about death. I'm not looking forward to it, but I'm damn excited about what might happen when it happens. Wow. And, but I don't worry about it. I'm not in a rush to, I don't work hard to avoid it. I don't go looking for it. I'm not a fool. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not looking to get out of here early. Um, or I'm looking to get out, of, get out of here on time. I'm also not working my tail off to try and go, I necessarily want more time. I, 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 I think it would be good for all of us, and not just in the, the death and eulogy question, but in life every day, is we're told more is quantity, 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 quantity. More years, more money, quantity. It's a vertical ladder. We don't give enough room for defining quality in quality. And if quantity doesn't, if the quantity we're chasing whether it's years or money, or whatever, doesn't give more quality to our lives than we're using the wrong calculator. Mm. And so I am of the, I'd rather live, you know, 60 happy and healthy than, than 120 not, yeah. or whether that's 80 or 140, whatever that's going to be. So uh, it's a roundabout way of saying, I don't, I, I don't, that's one of the things I don't worry about. Uh, I, I do everything I can to, 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 Stay healthy and alive, and I'm not looking, looking really. for trouble. But I think one of the reasons, though, that you don't and that many do is that you know, my dad passed away uh, about two years now. And uh, I've had some friends recently get ill that are in really difficult positions. And what I have found with most people that are afraid of death or, um, or regret things in their life, most regrets are acts of omission, things we didn't try, things we didn't experience, not mistakes we've made. And it's really interesting because so many people have these fears of making a mistake or, 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 or what they think is a failure. And I think at the end of life, they're afraid of it, most people, because they never really experienced new things, tried difficult things, put pressure on themselves, challenged themselves. And it appears to me that you live are living a life where you are, you know, you seem to be kind of interested in the expansion of your being 
the expansion of you as a man and what you can understand about yourself and others in life. And you try things and even this, what you're doing on the 24th, seriously, stepping into this, you know, sharing what was in all these journals you wrote over the years, you know, that you're not going to end up at the end of this life, whenever it is with a bunch of omitted options or chances you didn't take. You think that's probably part of it? hundred percent. Look, yeah. I don't like failing. Do I have a certain fear of failure? Sure. But I tell you what keeps me up at night, hmm. not knowing, not finding out hmm. that sucks. I can't, I can't, I can't sleep. Hmm. That, that regret. I, and, and as much as I don't like failing, I know that I would rather fail and have found out than sit there and stay up at night, twitching going, why that it was right there. I, I didn't, why didn't I? That 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 makes my molars crunch in my sleep. Mine are crunching right now, as you said. It seriously is exactly what I was doing. Uh, It's not that. That's a feeling I don't like. I I, 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 and and look, we talked about it earlier. We're in a world that's judging us all the time. You know, you may have heard this. This uh, and you you were talking about. We were talking about the jumbo living in the jumbotron, living like, oh, how's it going to look or how's it going to feel? You ever hear that 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 study they did that I don't know? It was twenty years ago that the highest dopamine was was performing the act, getting to the top of the mountain. The second, then five years later, what was a higher dopamine hit was recording, being proof of the act. And then five years after that, it was pressing send to share it at the highest dopamine hit. Crazy. So we're looking for this approval. And the world today is right there, to be honest, to give us a thumbs up or thumbs down. And we can get falsely exaggerated by the thumbs up from a bunch of strangers, especially with our kids. Their identity can be formed on this thing by a bunch of strangers going, yes, cool, or no, uncool. And that or that depends on what kind of day they're going to have. So true. Ooh. So I got a feeling we're going we're gonna to get to a spot, or at least we all will be at that spot when we're at the end of our days, look back and go, oh, why did I hesitate at that false veil of Kool-Aid? of approval I was looking at that it was a mirage that wasn't real and I and I placated to it and I held back because I didn't want the bruise I didn't want to take the risk because I didn't want to get the thumbs down so to speak and I think we're going to see that that was a bunch of bullshit it was that's remarkable to hear from somebody who's you know let's be real you're mainly in an industry that is probably the most prolific in terms of what other people think or likes or reviews or my gosh, like you, you have been bred in an industry that like, that's like almost seems like that's the culture of the industry is that it's very difficult. I heard you say one time that even sometimes in the Hollywood industry, if you mention your faith or something like that, that almost heads drop, like, because that isn't the the cultural thought. That's really true, huh? Yeah. You'll get some, not not a consensus. More, yeah. look, I think mean, privately, you get more, whether yeah. they're believers or not. But when you're doing it publicly, you'll get that kind of. We're going there. Publicly, you'll get a few. You get you get a bit of that, like yeah. Uh, but then, oh, jumbotron, third person, not the place or time. I don't want to look happy about that. Actually, let me put my hands in. Interesting. You see the projection of wait, how would, might that be perceived? And I don't judge someone for that. Um, 
it's just kind of how that how how it is a little bit you said though something about you that stays on this this is flowing perfectly by the way so thank you but there's this quote i read of you said i'd rather be a good man than a nice guy yes and i think it goes to this point to some extent about standing for something and so elaborate on that because i think you know what when you've not had a lot of results in your life and maybe you lack a little bit of confidence you just want to blend in right. and you want to be a nice guy yep. and you said no i'd rather be a good man what's that mean it's a little bit of, I also say in the book, be less impressed, more involved. Yeah. Right? Nice guy. Not a bad thing to be. But you are just connecting the safe dots, staying in the lines, kind of wearing whatever hat the party's wearing, being whoever the conversationalist you're with and kind of being what you think you they might want you to be. You're not involved. You're not really involved. You're not having an opinion. You're not saying, no, actually, I disagree in the face of the masses that might have a different opinion. Just kind of keeping it safe, not being an asshole. You're not destructing the place. But being a nice guy, a nice guy all the time can, what do, what, what, is, your, what is your identity? You've got to have judgment to have identity. And, and, and nice guys sometimes don't even have a judgment or discernment. No, I prefer this over this. Nice guys always go, well, well whatever, whatever, you know. And a good, a, a, a good man has to sacrifice some things, has to take some risk and take some responsibilities and follow through on them and know it may not be popular, but... Is it popular in his soul at 2 a.m. alone in his bed? And does he have, do we have the courage to take that into the daylight? As Emerson says, tomorrow when the lights are on and you're in the stadium, do we have the courage to go, I know that's true. I'm going to be, and I know this is, I know this is true. I will follow up on this in the face of adversity. Um, a good man doesn't go looking for trouble. I think a good man, as you said, omits placating hmm. to certain temptations that you go, nah, that'd just be being a either a tyrant or on the other end of the scale, I'd just be being a a, a, a nice guy. Um, you know, it's got a, a here's what it everything's got everything gotta cost us something. Everything does cost us something. Hmm. And I think a good man, a good woman will put their ass on the line for the cost. And it's worth more. The credit or the debit, the win or the lose, it's worth more. That currency is worth more. It's sterling. It ain't, it's, 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 it's not fictional money out there. It's not monopoly money. A nice guy is kind of playing with monopoly money. Yeah. Okay. Didn't really matter. Come see, come saw. Yeah. And I don't know. That's just going to get also be more boring. It's more boring. And I think it comes, I've just never heard it termed that way. So here's how profound that was for me. My son went off to college. I read your book. My son went off to college. And I said, uh, this was in our house now, just to give you some credit for something. I said to my son, I said, Max, when you're going off to college, you can give your kids advice. I said, Max, be a good man. Don't be a nice guy. 
And what that meant in our world was, hey, man, when you're confronted with something where you need to fit in and do something that's against your character and your values and beliefs, you don't need to be a nice guy. You need to be a good man, right? Something comes up, you need to stand up for something that you believe in. Be a good man. Don't be a nice guy, you know? And that's, I think it manifests itself in every single area of life. I think it's a profound thing. Be a good person, right? You can, you know, rather than just a nice person, have a life of value. And I think where that comes from, this is why I think this event's so important. I think when you decide you're going to just be a nice guy and kind of blend in, you are now living with a false belief that you weren't born to do something great with your life and you're supposed to exist. I think when you start to have this knowing that I'm supposed to do something great with my life, I'm supposed to make a difference. I'm supposed to have something. It doesn't have to be in big, whatever people measure is big ways, big Academy Award, small, you open the door for somebody who needs it. They're both great things in your life, right? And so I think people start to blend in the minute they begin to believe they've got no destiny. They've got nothing to offer. They've got nothing to contribute. And then all of a sudden, that's the disease. The symptom is they become a nice guy. The symptom is they fit in. Don't you think? Yes, I do. If you've been listening or watching the show for a long time, you know what a big believer in NetSuite I am. I've been talking about them now for years. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, access from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors, which is why I've been using them now for five years myself. Over 37,000 other companies have as well. They've made the moves. Do the math. Now you'll see profit with NetSuite. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash mylet, netsuite.com slash mylet, M-Y-L-E-T-T, netsuite.com slash mylet. This leads me into, into something that there, there, there's, a, there's a word that I think has been getting, a, there's a few words that I think been getting a bad rap for a while, and hopefully we'll uncover some of those on the 24th if we don't cover them here today. But one is, this ego has been getting a bad rap. We gotta have ego. When Amir said earlier, you gotta have judgment to have identity. When everything's personal, we gotta have an ego, a sense of I, an understanding, a subjective experience in this life. That doesn't mean it's at the exception of a collective experience or the collective good. It's why I believe in the word selfish. That truly selfishness doesn't. That the definition of selfishness is the true definition. I believe is not excluding what your neighbor needs but it is i believe if we're truly more selfish that that's how we are and can become more self less that it all goes through the vessel of the eye before it gets to the we and there is those are not a contradiction the choices we can that are best for ourselves that are the most constructive that will pay us back longer in the future are usually the choices that are best for the most amount of people and we make this contradiction, like no ego, kill the ego, I, get rid of it. And no, don't be selfish. Well, isn't everything we do personal? It's got to go through us to go out, to yep. share it. Yep. It's got to mean, it's got to cost us something. You're right. 
Here's how right you are on that. Can I just elaborate? You know, I'm going to, I, uh, my friend Rob Deerdick and I were talking about this. We're saying, Hey man, he goes, at one point we were talking about how like, Hey man, I don't have any other addicted to, I'm not addicted to significance anymore. We were mm-hmm. lying to each other. Hey, I have no significance. And over time we kept saying this to each other and I'm like, is that really true? I have no significance needs in my life anymore. That's a damn lie. Of course I do. I still want significance. I still want validation. I still want to feel good about myself. What has happened is the way in which I gain significance has changed. And to right. your exact point, it's so no one's ever said that ever in 500 episodes on the show. But my selfish need for significance, I feel most significant when I'm contributing to another person. But it went through the I so that I could help the we. Man, you're right about that. Is it okay? It is okay for me to say a large part of what I love about Camilla and I's charity with the Just Keep Living Foundation is how good it makes me feel to receive their thanks. Yes, that's okay. Am I doing it just for that? No, but that goes through me and does help me make me want to do more and give more opportunity to these young men and women to say that, no, I can't feel good, but that that doesn't make me feel good to receive that gratitude would be a lie. Be complete bullshit. And again, where the two reciprocate, I think that's the honey hole. And you just said it. What makes you feel more significant? Doing something for others. Look, I am even, I think we got to admit some of this stuff. Like, you know, no one wants to say they're vain. I'm vain. <laughs> I'm I'm vain. Yeah, I'll catch myself looking in the mirror maybe an extra two or three times. Okay, great. Uh, I could argue that it's helped me maybe be in better shape. If there's a, if there's a if there's a group of somebody that maybe I'm attracted to jogging through the park today, I might do a few extra push-ups more than if they're not jogging through the park. <laughs> Vanity. I don't you know. And just saying, hey, that's base. Hey. That's okay, but is it feeding something? I wish it could, look, it'd be great to be a human and be so pure and unattached and detached that it's all absolutely for pure reasons. I'm not that evolved. I think it's fair to say, I don't think most of us are that evolved and that's okay. You're right. Here's how right you are. By the way, if you take that to the extreme, it's like a cop-out for not achieving anything. And not doing anything. So you mm-hmm. can take some of these belief systems that are, there's no ego, there's no significance. I don't want anything for me. And that's the actual reason you're using as an, ex- it's not true. You just use it as an excuse. Now you should unpack more of that on the 24th, what you just said. Because really the other yeah. thing you said earlier, I want to say one thing you said earlier, that was a great nuance. I asked you if you worried and you said, well, I have concerns. And I think those are different things. Like I, there's this quote you had where you said, I've had many crises in my life, most of which never actually happened. Yeah. To me, that's worry, right? That's, that's, that's debilitating thought. Whereas yeah. concern is constructive and productive because you're, you're being um, proactive almost yeah. uh, in creating a solution. Don't you? So I think that would be something to really. Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm not again, coming off of the, the heels of, thinking that unbelievable shouldn't be in the dictionary, I don't worry. Because uh, it's like, what? I'm not going to be, nothing that's going to happen am I going to go unbelievable. So I don't, I don't worry. Uh, I am concerned more about things that I have some control over. 
if I don't have control over it, and I and I, and I, and I say this all the time, it's like why I'm, my parents, my friends are like, why are you so relaxed on a plane? I go because I'm, I, if something happens to the pilot, I'm pretty damn sure I'm not even in the top ten of the next best person to fly the plane. So I can't do anything about it. So I'm like, it's a net whatever. It, I'm, I'm relaxed now. If I have my pilot's license, I might be a little more concerned and worried when I'm flying a plane because I'm like, something goes down here, I might be the next guy up. So, you know good. I mean? so good. That's so <laughs> freaking good. Oh my gosh, that is so good. Let me ask you this. I wish we had three hours, but that's why they're going to get April 24th with you. I've enjoyed this, brother, so freaking much. Because when you're around somebody who lives intentionally, a little bit of a contrarian thinker, but there's truth to what they say, it causes you to look at yourself more deeply. And that's really what's happening to me when we've been talking, when I was prepping for this, and what I know will happen to a lot of people on the 24th. But I am I think if you would allow your ego to speak for a minute in the last question, you have achieved a lot, brother. You've had a lot of good things happen in your life. And there are a lot of people who will come to the 24th or are listening to the show today. There's millions of people that are already sharing this episode all over the place. I can tell you that for sure, because they're like, you need to hear this conversation. And they'd like to achieve whatever their version of their dream is, whether that's they want to be a millionaire, they want a dream relationship, they'd like to own their own home, um, start their own foundation. You've made a bunch of dreams come true in your life, but it comes at an expense. You said earlier, there's a cost. Yeah. Did becoming you, an Academy Award winning actor, everybody knows you, you got some bucks, people are talking about you running for president, Right. Like that's a that's there's not a lot of people. People are going, maybe he should run for president. Has it been what you thought it would be? And is it all it's cracked up to be? Is it worth it? Or is it just completely different than you thought? Well, let me answer the second part first. Is it worth it? It's gotta be. I mean, it, it, it must be. For me to argue it not being worth it would be I'd be an arrogant fool. Because uh, I'm not equipped. What am I, who am I to say? Worth it. It's like the difference between earn and deserve. I don't like the word deserve. Uh, um, is it worth it? Yeah, it better be. It's kind of up to me. Um, now, the first question, is it what I expected? It's, ne it's never. I'm big. You're talking about how intentional I am. And I love writing headlines. I could probably count on one hand when I showed up and said, yeah, let's keep the headline the same. Or, yeah, that's the headline of the story I wrote. Headline always changes. It's always different. Been around it. Been, oh, yeah, yeah, I see how those are related. That's, that was the general direction we headed out on. You know, we, 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 we picked our course, our North Star. But we swerved along the way. We took a few exits, and we got there. Oh, we got to the same place. Not the headline that I started off thinking of. Not the destination I thought it ended up at. But, yeah, they're related. Um, let me tell you a little story which might, might answer that in a backhanded way. When I go to work with someone on a film, a director, what am I looking for? I'm looking for a similar measure of what we deem excellent and true. They're directing, they're selling the entire ship. I'm in charge of my man, my character. I'll do this thing about this in the middle of the second week where, say we do 10 takes. And I go, okay, let's go to the monitor. Let's watch all 10 takes. I'm going to write down the three that I think are the truest and the most excellent. And you, director, you write down what you think. And I'll write down second half of take two, first half of take three, first half of take four. 
and I won't show. And then they'll watch and they'll write theirs down. And then we swap papers. Now, if they write second half of take seven, take one and take 10, I'm like, uh-oh, we're not seeing a measure of excellence. But if they write second half of take two, first half of take three, first half of take four, I'm like, Okay, I trust you going forward. We're going to have differences of opinion, but we have a similar measure of excellence. It's like in a relationship. We're, we're different, but let's have a similar moral bottom line. You know, find out what's our baseline we can rely on. Um, is it everything I thought it would be? I, and I didn't, I didn't, a lot of my stuff, I did not, I've done my best not to forgo that's what I would do with J.K. Living means with no G on the end. I would. I've always felt like, as much as I respect and I'm honored to have the career I have, I, I never. I always reminded myself, you were a mammal, a citizen, a an American, a McConaughey before you were famous. So don't let that famous get in front of any of these things. You're right as a human, or who you want to be as a man. Don't let something else that you may be overly impressed with Matthew getting in the way of who you were before you even got here. So I do, I do stress test that often. And I don't want to, um, I don't want my, 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 what I do for my vocation to dictate the man I, the man I am. Have I grown? Have I evolved in it? Do I want to learn from it? Do I want to learn from other people? And I do all the time. You're damn right. But I, but I, but not, not the sacrifice of, what I know helped me get here and where I want to go. Does that answer your question at all? Yeah. I feel like I've been sitting in a master class for like an hour with you today. Yeah, it does. And I relate to what you just said too, in my way, in my world, in my version of it. I always, when someone's teaching things or saying things, I always put it through my 52 year barometer of what I've experienced and I've seen, whether I've validated as true. And uh, this is one of the most true conversations I've ever had on the show. I'd really love it if you would come back in a year or so and we could do this again. Yeah, I'd love to. This is yeah. this is fun. Like I said, the only trouble with this is not going four hours. Yeah, well, I want to go four hours. And by the way, I mean, I'm going to keep saying this, but I don't push a lot of things on this show. If someone has a book, I'll say, hey, listen, I read this book. It's great. But I really do think that this this event you're doing on April 24th could impact life. Imagine what the show's done for you all already, everybody. I mean- I already, I already know what's going to happen with the show. It's going to be shared everywhere because there was not a wasted second. And I got the same feeling is going to happen on the 24th. I just, I think every part of that will be extremely valuable. And I love what you said. You're not getting A's in all these areas either. So you're working through these things with people as you take them through it. You got some good people. This guy, Tony Robbins knows a little bit about what he's doing. Yeah. And Marie and Trent and Dean are all great friends of mine and they all make a massive difference in the world. And, um, and so do you. This is really amazing of you to take all of the success and experiences and understandings and awarenesses you've developed in your lifetime and be willing to share it with everybody, man. And today was a was a real blessing for me, and I can't wait for the 24th. So thank you for today. Ed, thanks for having me, and uh, thanks for the platform to talk about these things. I look forward. I'll come back anytime, man. Let's do it again. Yeah. And, well, well, uh, you'll be. I got a funny the feeling that there'll be another version of you, a, a more expanded version of you a year from now, and I'd like to tap that brain then. Hope so. Working out the riddle. Trying to work out the riddle. Yeah, trying to get A's, but we're well, at least we know how we're keeping score. Go to emlivin, L-E-L-I-V-I-N.com, E-M-L-I-V-I-N.com. 
so you can get some more McConaughey in your life on the 24th. Brother, thank you. It was awesome. Ed, appreciate it. Just keep it right. running, brother. All right, brother. God bless you, everybody. Share this episode. Max out your life. Take care. This is the Ed Milet Show.